0: what's up everybody good to be with you sunday smash there's ira i'm jeff you guys are probably chilling watching a little bit of football but uh we're an easy breezy weekend huh before we get started as always you see it there on the sign like the button or hit the like button i should say smash that sucker make sure that we get this suck uh this thing passed around for everybody and uh, more and more people learn about it so like and subscribe of course uh, what's up, buddy? That was an easy, breezy game, a little rocking chair game, as I like to call it. It was uh, over before it started, really. Your whole weekend, man. Knowles and I, Bucks just, I know. Just I
1: know. cruising through weekends. No sweat. Not even worrying about a thing. Just kind of <laughs> ACW move on.
0: Well, you know, it was a weekend of scouting, too, I feel like like. I was watching that Miami game closely, and that disappointed me because that kid threw the ball well. Uh, and then, uh, obviously it was nice to see Clemson continue to struggle. And that's really the game we're going to be focused on yeah. as we look ahead, you know, but, um, yeah, it was kind of an interesting weekend. It, it, it does feel good. I don't care who it's against to win a game going away, to win a game big the way you're supposed to, to win a game in which you're heavily favored and you take care of it right off the bat. I mean, after about uh, midway through the first quarter, I think we all knew the deal there. Um, and so that was nice to see. But I, I it's, it's a bigger part of that, Ira, and you've written about it on Warchant.com, is that this team, man, the way they celebrate together, the way they pick each other up, kind of the way that they are. In, you know, I sat for this game just to let you know. Uh, I went to the game with my entire family and my best friend and his family were in town, and we all sat down on the 50, and we were, like, third row. And the game was over so quickly in terms of the um, uh, the, the outcome or, or what, would, what would be the outcome that a lot of people left. So my kids were, like, right up against the railing. It was so cool watching players come over after Brownlee's pick six and just the way that they kind of gathered and celebrated that for him, each coach coming over, celebrating right. that with him. But also the players like in between series, how, how attentive they were to the coaches, talking to each other when the coaches would walk away. Um, you could see, you know, the players are still talking about uh, how they were playing off of each other. Just, mm-hmm. just stuff that is a sign of a really engaged team, a team that likes one another, a team that is feeling a lot better about itself, I can tell you that. And not just because of that game, uh, but because of the successes over the last few weeks.
1: Yeah, and, you know, when we talked to Norvell during the week, um, you know, we kind of talked about, especially on that Tuesday practice, Uh, you know, apparently that Tuesday practice, I mean, we were there, but sometimes, you know, sometimes we think it looks good. And sometimes coaches have a little slightly different viewpoint of practice. Um, I thought Tuesday was good, but he thought it was fantastic. And the next day, he said Tuesday's practice was the best practice since they've been here. And that really jived with a lot of things I was hearing around the program about how just how good these kids have have, have how much they bought in, in a sense of just taking care of taking care of all the responsibilities, getting things done, not bitching and moaning when things aren't going well or things aren't what exactly what they want, and uh, you know all that camaraderie was really coming together. So to see it come at, you know play out on the field is positive. But the comment you know I think Norvell made when we asked him about that on Tuesday was, it it just can't be, you just don't want it to be only because of the wins. Like you don't want those feelings to only be there because things are going okay, because because if that's the case, because all teams front runners will celebrate together when you know you can't just say oh they celebrated together so that means they're together. Front runners will celebrate together. Sure, it's, it's how are they when things are not going well because then that determines how you do in a game like this Saturday when you go to Clemson or other games where things are not going to go as well as they were. But man, to your point, it, I can't. I really it, it feels like it's been. I don't know four or five years since we've seen a Florida State team get the backups in and let them actually play yeah. like there's been a few times where backups have gotten in in the end of a game for a few plays or here or there but but to they actually ran like Chuba Purdy had three series and scored three touchdowns I mean that was cool to see and it's important you know for the for the development of the program
0: yeah I thought by the way that that was the biggest thing that we got out of this game was to see Chuba come in have success Looked like he was comfortable running the offense. They're going to add so much more to this offense the better they get, the more depth they have. Hopefully we'll see some of the successes in this recruiting class. But for now, they've at least found something they can fall back on, they can run, that they feel good about. And it, it tells everybody you know, that what their role is and what their job is within that. And it is somewhat limiting, though. And that's why you do look ahead and you wonder – especially against Clemson, who has all kinds of problems right now, I suspect in the locker room as well as on offense, obviously. But they do show up and play defense for the most part. And the thing that Pitt was able to do and what a team like Pitt can do that Florida State simply can't is to fall back on a veteran quarterback with that arm whose pre-snap reads from the pocket, you know, checking the right protections and really the diversity of throws that he can make is not something Florida state possesses. So the Owls can't play Clemson the way that not offensively, they can't play Clemson the way that Pitt did. Right. Uh, but,
1: but, but when you say if, and I was thinking about this during the second half of that game, if Kenny Pickett got traded last week to Clemson, Clemson wins that game by 45.
0: Yes, I agree. You know?
1: And so, but but the flip side of that is Clemson doesn't have a good quarterback either. So you're right. Florida State's not going to be, be able to put 27 points. Pitt was at home with a very good quarterback. Some people think should be considered as a Heisman Trophy winner. And he was playing at home and scraped and clawed to get 27 points. Florida State's going to be going on the road without Kenny Pickett, a quarterback. So, yeah, man, you're, I'm, I'm 100% with you. The Florida State's going to have a tough time scoring a lot of points. But Clemson's quarterback <laughs> situation is terrible.
0: Well, I just continue to marvel at the fact that the kid basically refuses to run. Um, I don't know what's going on with that. That that you you remember when EJ got hurt, and then from that point forward, he just refused to run for the better part of the back end of his career. Prior to that, remember that game he ran all over Clemson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and you were and you remember you think. Oh man, this guy's going to be a superstar. And then whatever happened, it, it startled him. It scared him his future. I mean, he saw visions of I guess not being able to play or whatever it would be. And, and he made some business decisions and I'm not, that's not accusatory. I mean, it worked. He got drafted first round, Um, but he wouldn't run and he became less dynamic. And when you watch DJ, I mean, there are opportunities for that kid and he's a hoss. Yeah, there are opportunities for him to take off and make plays. And he did early in the game against Pitt. He ran a couple of times and I thought, oh, maybe they got to him. Maybe they finally pulled him aside and said, Look, man, we don't have the skill that we had last year. We're banged up at wide receiver. You know, I'm gonna need you to run the football. But then he, you know, he had one decent run and then he just said, Screw it, I'm not gonna do it. That helps Florida State immensely. If he's gonna be stationary, if he's gonna be in the pocket. Obviously, I like this front four to take advantage of a group up front for Clemson right now that just isn't good. It's right. just not good. So you're right. The, the idea that uh, you can win it solely is a, you know centered around the fact that this defensive line can wreak havoc against a Clemson offensive line that is struggling against everybody right now. Uh, but I do think if you win it, it's going to be because you, you, know, you win 17-14. You win, you win something like that. Because I, I don't think you're going to have the success running the football against Clemson's defense that you've had against these last three opponents.
1: And the question from Northwest North Florida boy here about, is Jordan Travis the better quarterback in this matchup? I would say this. He's the better quarterback. He's, he's, he, his offensive staff has done a better job of figuring out what he can do than mm-hmm. what Clemson's asking uh, DJ to do. I mean, yeah. he, he does not seem to be comfortable in what they're doing. Part of it's the offensive line issues. Um, but part of it is, I mean, they they ended up sitting him for a while in that game um, uh, against Pitt, and that you know Pitt, you know, I don't know if you blame him for the the pitch six or not. Um, I don't know what he's supposed to be seeing there. It was just seemed like a really good you know defensive call um, in that time. And then he got benched after that play, which which makes me think maybe it was on him. Um, but he just, I mean, look, man, Clemson hasn't scored more than 19 points against any FBS opponent except the one game that went to double overtime. They got to 21. Um, so, you know, when the line came out and Clemson's favored by 10, which kind of surprised me, um, I thought it might be closer to seven ish or eight ish, but, but fine, it's 10. Um, but the total, you know, I think the total is like 47, 46 or 47, which, you know, I, I don't know that these teams, I guess they couldn't put it much lower than that or everybody would have hammered the over, but, but I don't know that these two teams combined for 47 points, uh, just based <laughs> on what
0: we've seen. I will say this when, when they pulled DJ, I got very concerned. I, I was,
1: you were afraid the other kid was going to become Yes.
0: Something. Yeah. I, yeah. And I, I mean, I'm still, he could, could, he it could, could yeah. he really could. I mean, you're starting to think that they may end up pulling DJ at this point. It, it's nuts. Um, You know, Gregory, I see your comment that DJ is a pocket passer. Yes, he is a pocket passer, but that's by choice. He can run. He's just refused to. Uh, we, we've watched this guy. It's nuts. Hell, um, I mean,
1: can, can, Kenny Pickett's not a better athlete than he is, and Kenny Pickett picked up some important first downs by running the football.
0: Running the football. When, when, just, when,
1: when the defense vacates space, you can yeah. pick up five- or eight-yard extended drive, and he just is not willing to do it.
0: Yeah, and, and especially when teams go into man and turn their back right. on right. you, and he just refuses to do it. By the way, yes, you guys out there, I appreciate you. Um, it's interesting – you know, he, he, I want to get to a couple of questions here, and I got I got bogged down. Let me get back to this great NFL teaser pick on Friday, Jeff. Thanks. Yes, hey guys, I tell you, I, I'm going to start sharing my NFL teasers. Ira, really, today on a side note, I'm so proud of this one that I wanted to uh, pull this up here. I had uh, the Packers. I teased it. I had a three-team teaser this weekend. Um, I gave two on air on Friday, and it was just a, a two-team teaser. But then I thought about it more and more, uh, and I decided to go with with three. I took the Packers and teased them down to two and a half. Took New England and teased them down to a point. And I took the Dolphins and teased them up to plus eight. And uh, that little three-team teaser hit at plus 160. So your boy here cashed in. Nice. And uh, nice. it was a good good weekend there. I was chasing a little bit there after a, 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 an average Saturday. So that was nice. Um, also, uh, back to this, Ryan writes, Clemson's losing to good football teams. Don't get fooled. Yeah, Clemson nearly lost to Boston College, who's not a good football team, and Clemson nearly lost to Syracuse, who Florida State beat. Clemson did just lose soundly to Pitt, so I, I think Florida State would lose to Pitt, too. I, I think at this point, Ryan, while it's fair to point out Clemson's lost to some good football teams, they won 14-8 to to Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's not a good football team. I'm, I'm, I'm noting that Clemson's problems are real. This uh, this. is this, There's something going on there. Now, it doesn't mean Florida State's going to go up there and win the game, but it doesn't mean they can't. And I'm just talking about what we think is possible here. I do think that they're in this game in the second half. I, I just my fear is, again, this offense has feasted uh, really kind of one-dimensionally. I mean, goodness, Ira, it's not often that you score 59 points and you're starting quarterback, who I know was pulled, but was I'm five of 10. 10. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. It, that just. So we really are a truly one-dimensional team right now. Um, that dimension is good. It's really good. I mean, and and at least they found something they can fall back on. But here's the um, thing.
1: Here's the thing. Yeah. I would say though, Jeff, and yeah, I'm not. You know, they they may go up there and get beat by 28. Uh, that's certainly within the realm of possibility. I don't, I don't believe it because Clemson hasn't scored against anybody. But you know, I'm not expect. I'm not going into that game thinking Florida State's going to win it. But I would say this is when you're playing a team that's as limited offensively as Clemson is. It you don't have to force the issue. Like you don't have to take unnecessary risks. So I think from that standpoint, you know, this isn't, you know, a couple of years ago where like Florida state would go into games with James Blackman, throwing the ball over the lot and trying to, you know, this is, right. they, they, they are not from what they've done these last few games. They're not going to beat themselves by turning the ball over. And if they do that, now you get into a field position game you get into a game where, you know, you break a play, Jay Sean breaks a run, Malik McLean gets past a secondary, whatever it is, you know, you give yourself a chance. I just, to me, Clemson's struggles on offense. Now, to your point, uh, Dabo had a uh, teleconference tonight with the media, and uh, Austin, uh, our guy Austin, was on the call, and it sounds like uh, Dabo is pretty noncommittal about the quarterbacks. He said, "We'll, we'll roll one of them out there," uh, <laughs> so, so it, it it's within reason that you know he may make a change there, and that could change things for them. But they also have other issues. I mean, the offensive line's not good. Um, you know their the, their defense is a little bit banged up right now. So um, you know anyway, I just think it, it's it's nice to, nice to even have this conversation. The last three times Florida State and Clemson have played, Clemson's outscored them. I think uh, like 138 to 35 in those four games or in those three games. So the fact that we're even entertaining the notion that Florida State can play with and maybe beat Clemson at Clemson is pretty freaking cool.
0: Yeah, it's a far cry from where we thought we would be uh, or, or the kind of conversation we thought we would have. Uh, a few weeks back, that's for sure. One of the things that you look at, how good is Pickett? He was 25 of 39, 302 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions against a really good defense. Their top rusher for Pitt in that game, uh, Hammond, had 66 yards rushing. So this is where I get nervous. This is where I say, okay, you know, do, we don't have anybody that's going to throw – 25 of 39 for 300 yards against Clemson's defense. And we don't have an offensive line that I think in pass pro is going to necessarily hold up in that way. But to your point, I think you're right. They'll, they're going to run their system, but Florida state has decided this is what they are. And, and, and that is going to allow you to play a field position game. See who we see, see how that goes. I mean, the longer the game goes on and Florida state's in it with what's happening at Clemson right now, the more pressure shifts to them. Mm-hmm. If they, I mean, that they are, I mean, listen, a few weeks ago, Clemson fans would have told you in a moment of honesty over a beer, we're going to beat your ass by 38 because we're mad at you. We think you duck, ducked the game a year ago. Your defense can't cover. You know, you're not going to be able to block us. You guys don't have an identity. Every week, one of your quarterbacks goes out and gets hurt. Like, that's what they would have been thinking. And now here we are having a legitimate discussion about this game perhaps being close late in the fourth quarter. And I can't help but think that the the amount of gripping that's going on right now at Clemson is uh, overwhelming. And players sense that and feel that frustration. I mean, we've, we've seen it happen here.
1: I was going to say, and and I think we touched on this briefly last week, but we could talk a little bit about a little bit more right now, but you know, we saw what happens to teams that aren't at the top anymore. And, but they go into every season expecting to win a national title. And then for you know, think about the early 2000s when Florida State would be number five in the country preseason. They would get to you know October, number three in the country, number two or three in the country, lose to somebody. All those dreams are dashed, and that was before the playoff era. So one game pretty much dashed your dreams, and all of a sudden players start bickering, players start checking out, coach uh, players start questioning coaches, coaches start questioning other coaches. I mean, it just becomes. It's hard. It's much easier for a Florida State football team at three and four to be fired up from week to week than it is to a team like Clemson that starts off. You know, it's been to how many straight playoffs to to be at four and three, have these embarrassing losses, have so many things going wrong, and to keep battling through that. That's more often than not, teams struggle in those situations. Let's so, hope
0: that's. Let's hope yeah. that happens in this situation. Let's hope that continues to be the case. Where they, by the way.
1: By the way, I'm uh, drinking an ultra in honor of uh, Corey Clark in the Braves. Yeah, the Braves. Supp- supporting uh, our boy Corey. I uh, He was over the other day, so I, I got some ultra, so I'm drinking one of his.
0: Yeah, you won't have to worry about me uh, sneaking in over there and <laughs> you're not, raiding the you're fridge.
1: Not take the supply.
0: Yeah, you, you won't have to worry about it. Kevin <laughs> asked a question and donated. Thanks, Kevin. I know no, it's Clemson week, but how do you feel about the Miami game after last night and the NC State game now? Miami didn't mean, don't look ahead, whatever that way. They, okay. don't, they don't look dead anymore. They don't look. You know, they don't look, oh, I read that wrong. My apologies, Kevin. No. Yeah, they don't look dead at all. Um, well, the reason they don't look dead is the Van Dyke kid was uh, electric. Uh, four touchdown passes, no interceptions, threw for well over 300 yards. I don't remember the exact numbers, but he was good. I watched that game. I will say this, NC State's receivers should be ashamed of themselves Man, and should spend was... a lot of time apologizing to the entirety of that team because those sorry sons of bitches <gasps> dropped everything thrown to them.
1: They swatted some passes.
0: I mean, it's like, yeah, it was something to behold. I mean that, I, I mean, I was like, are you guys trying to throw the game? It really looked like it. I mean, Leary had to be like, look, you motherfuckers, catch the ball. I mean, that was something to behold. Um, yeah, but that said, okay, yeah, they didn't catch the ball, but Miami threw the ball with exceptionally well, and 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 they blocked it up. So, um, you know, I mean, that is. it's interesting. Uh, they're not dead. I did not think they would continue to fight. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see what they do next. Don't they have Pitt next?
1: Uh, they do. I, I'm not 100 sure, but I think they do. I think they do. Uh, they have, yeah, they, I mean, look, they do have Pitt.
0: They do have they Pitt this week on the road. They're okay.
1: Yeah, definitely give them credit for playing and not playing out the string. That's fine. I'm with you. Uh, I also thought NC State didn't get any pressure on that kid. To to me, yeah. in my, I thought they would. They didn't. So. You can give that credit to Miami's offensive line, or you could. I know NC State's had a couple injuries. I know their defense isn't what um, it was earlier, and they had a kid go down in that game who's a really good player. So um, you know, but uh, you know, I uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, the thing about being a young quarterback, and we were just talking to uh, I asked Dillingham about this a couple weeks ago about quarterbacks, and he said he brought up the point that a lot of quarterbacks do well when they're young because nobody knows anything about them and then once you get a little bit of tape now defenses can figure out oh okay he rolls to his right every time oh, mm-hmm. okay whenever he's got to go to a second receiver this is what he does those those kinds of things become more valuable so we'll see if that kid can hold up after these next couple of games if he's the same guy then I mean, NC state had no real knowledge of what he that he was going to play like that he had not looked like that up until this point
0: yeah. So, I, yeah, we'll we'll see. You're right. All I'm worried about now is it's continuing to play well, um, right. even even in defeat. Go go play well. Um, go go play hard and play smart and give yourself a fighting chance. If you get beat because you get beat, then you can live with that. The team has done a really good. One thing they have done a really good job with, and I guess it all started basically second half against Louisville, but they've they've played kind of. Uh, they played smart football. They're not committing crazy penalties at all. None of that stupid pre-snap stuff that they did at the beginning of the year, like very quietly, that's all gone away. Right. Um, and you know, I mean, that was the talking point amongst the fan base early in the season was that the team plays dumb in addition to not having enough talent. Um, but they don't play dumb anymore. They they play smart. Um, they're not always going to make great plays. They're not always going to win their individual battles because they are lacking in talent. Uh, by four state standards but they're not doing things to get themselves beat now teams are gonna have to earn it or at least it looks like that's where the directions move now and if you make a team that's struggling have to earn it against you you give yourself a chance um i i i think to, I, i'll be honest with you to be uh, if they stay in the game early or get a little bit of confidence early then i like their chances to be there in, in some sort of war right up until the you know final bell, uh, whistle. But if they give up a couple touchdowns early, if you're having to play from behind against Clemson's defense and you don't have a drop back passing game, it could get ugly. So there are, there are right. scenarios that they have to avoid.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, look, I mean, Jordan has gotten through these last few games healthy. Uh, he also hasn't played a defense like Clemson's. Mm-mm. Um, so, you know, they start doing that read option stuff. You know, the Skalski kid or one of those dudes won't think twice about planning Jordan Travis, um, and, and whether or not he keeps it or not. And, and oh, then, sure, and then you know, now you got to see how he can play through a different kind of punishment than what he's seen these last few weeks. So, so that's a wild card. And then if something happens to him, I mean, how do you feel about Mackenzie Milton going in or, or even Chubba no, as I'd, well? As, I'd put
0: Chubba in there,
1: but you know, again, that's you know, you're asking a lot of that kid against that defense in that venue. So, yeah, man, you're right, there's definitely a lot of. Uh, scenarios that would, 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 would really hurt Florida state. Um, but I would say this, I mean, I think, you know, when you look at the, the remainder of this schedule, you know, and, and just the vibe around the team and around the program, there's a lot of people in that program right now that think they legitimately have a chance to win out. I mean, I'm not saying that that's realistic. I'm just telling you that's the, they, they are very confident right now. They're feeling very good, not overconfident, obviously, how could you be overconfident? Going to, to play at Clemson after what's happened the last few years, losing five straight. But I do feel like there's some confidence, so I don't think they're going to go into that game and just kind of wilt. Now we'll see; it could happen. It's happened to teams before, but I, I do feel like they're going to give give themselves a decent chance.
0: Circling back, how much uh, truth is there to the? Um, the I, I heard the talking points, and I, I don't know if you had a chance to ask about. It. I got to go back and watch. I will before tomorrow. I, I always go back and rewatch press conferences just to make sure I have. The inside from the coaches down, but uh, did McKenzie Milton basically defer and say, "Why don't you let Chuba get in there and play?"
1: Yeah, and that's what you know. Uh, my guess is that uh, my guess is that the coaches probably wanted to go to Chuba. Sure, um, but the way the conversation was relayed to us from Norvell and from Chuba was that, and Chuba didn't hear the conversation. What happened was Norvell, Norvell, or, and or Kenny went to 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 McKenzie and said. Either something along the lines of, Do you want to go in? We're going to make it, we're going to sit Jordan. Do you want to go in? Or should we play one of those other, you know, the younger guys? And he said, Why don't you let the younger guys play? Now, is that, I mean, look, it's, I think it's a nice gesture. And that's the way certainly, McK- you know, Mike Norvell was selling it very much that it was McKenzie. Well, it's Allen. the right thing to do. Yeah. yeah and, it, and it may have been, um, it could have been like McKenzie's like, Man, why do I need to do that? Like, do I need to go out there and take a chance with my leg in this game or, 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 He could have genuinely, sincerely felt like, man, let's let those guys play. Whatever it was, you know, the way it was related to Chubba, I think Norvell went over to Chubba, or McKenzie went over to Chubba and said, I guess Norvell or Dillingham told uh, McKenzie to tell Chubba. So McKenzie, I think, told Chubba, hey, man, it's your turn. Why don't you go in? And so it meant a lot to Chubba. And, I mean, it's a cool moment, I think.
0: Well, and I think – I think McKinsey Milton understands. I mean and it makes he, it makes
1: the most sense for everybody involved.
0: By far. Right. There's really not other than if you wanted to tip your cap as a means of saying thank you to a guy who came in and has helped by all accounts change the the quarterback room with leadership and kind of a uh, an interesting arrogance that's, uh, that that uh, a quarterback has to operate with, right? Sort of a, a command. Uh, the same, yeah. The same
1: thing that Winky had. The same yeah, thing that uh, Tom Brady yeah. has. Uh, other than Charlie Ward, like every great right. quarterback. Oh, has, they've got has it. Has that yeah. swagger? Yeah.
0: So, I mean, I actually think that's a, a. There's a couple things going on there. I think he knows he's not the player. Obviously, it had to have been. Um, startling to him the time that he was out there and the grass was tackling him and, you know, the frustration that you would feel when you can't step into throws and all that stuff. And so he, he knows his career is over. But don't you think,
1: but if he was selfish, he could have been like, you know what, let me get back out there and show these people what I can do. Right. I'm that, I'm not saying that's what he should have done, but that if he was really selfish, that could have have been what he did. Now I, I agree with you. I think, I think they wanted him to not play. I think they wanted him to, to make that decision and they may have let him know that's what they wanted the way they asked it. But at the end of the day, he did make the right decision. And, 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 you know, but I would say this and I don't know what your thoughts are. I mean, I think we've talked about it some, I know we talked about it in a round table a couple of weeks ago. You know, if it's a close game up there, you think they go to Chuba? I think it depends on the situation. If they've got a lead late, I think maybe you go to McKenzie.
0: I don't know. I, you know, I would have to be in that room to know where McKenzie's health is at. He looked awful the last time we saw him. He just didn't look like he, he does play. Look, he doesn't
1: look like that in practice. I mean, I, let me just tell you. I mean, I, I know it's different in a game in a practice, right? But in practice, he's running around fine. He's not running around like he's carrying a dead leg or something. Yeah. So I just, just to-
0: well, then that may be why they would put put him in, I guess. But I mean, he's not the future, and so I would lean always towards uh, you know, in a season in which you're three and four, I would always lean towards guys that are going to be here longer that are going to help you down the line. Sure. But I understand what you're saying, like, if you got a lead and you, you want a kid who's had experience in big games and big right. moments handling the ball, um, yeah, I, I can understand why you would say that, but I. To me, I, you know, I think he's a guy that maybe starts to accept that his future is coaching. Uh, his future is is to don the headset and learn as much as he possibly can right now from this group. Um, I, I to, if I were him, um, I, I mean, he knows he has no future in the NFL. So, if you want to stay in football at this point, it is going to be as a coach. Um, so I'm think-
1: reiterate what Ar- you you were saying before, and I probably interrupt you, but RB Slaughter saying that that uh, that message was just up there that Milton never takes another snap. He's helped the culture 100%. I mean, like that, and Jordan, I think, has talked about that a couple times recently, that, you know, McKenzie's kind of showed him how to be a quarterback um, to the point you were making, you know, and just the way you carry yourself. One thing about that is, you know, somebody within the program mentioned to me once that, you know, the quarterback can, the quarterback's not just another guy, to try to illustrate it for people, because this was kind kind of enlightening for me to hear it. And, you know, you probably, I mean, Play, you played football, you played in the college, so you would have a better perspective than I would. But the point somebody made to me was everybody on the everybody on the team, every position, offense, defense, special teams, can have a bad day or can miss a play or can make a mistake. But the quarterback can never make a mistake. Like the quarterback has to be totally on point. And I don't know if Jordan Travis realized that before McKenzie came in that room. And I don't mm-hmm. know if Chava Purdy knows that, knew that because I, I definitely don't think James Blackman knew that you know, they're different. You quarterback has to be different. And if you're going to get those guys to follow you. And I think that's one of the many ways I think McKenzie has helped that room.
0: Yeah. And you know, that's the stuff I wish, I mean, we'll know after this season ends, we'll get some firsthand, uh, you know, anecdotes from what he did, what he said, how he interacted. We don't know it because we're not in the quarterback room to watch film. We're not there to see how he talks to these guys. Cause it's true. You know, what they were hoping he could be and the reason they took a chance on him did not work out. I mean, let's be honest. It did not work out. So at that moment, that could have gone an ugly way. Oh, yeah. he, could have, he could have been defiant. He could have been embittered. Could have been frustrated. Could have been a bit of a burden for that room instead of a helper. Could have been a lot of things. So if all that's true and, and he has steady done that, it certainly sounds like it is, then I commend him because, uh, you know, I, I, not every guy would do that. So that's important. And now it's important that Jordan Travis certainly knows that he's the guy right now. You look at the way he carries himself. Now you look at the way um, that the guys play for him and the way he plays has fun playing the game right now. And I think that has a lot to do, not just with the wins, but he's healthy. I mean, this may be the first time that he's been really healthy in a long time.
1: There was a funny moment watching them, the quarterbacks come out, you know, if, if people, not that many people get there an hour and a half for the game or two hours for the game, but when the quarterbacks come out, they're usually one of the first groups to come out and you know, they have like the little rope around the end zone uh, to right. keep, you know, fans yeah. and recruits uh-huh. off the field. When the, when the quarterbacks come out, they all kind of jog out and Jordan like sprints and leaps over the rope. It's not high. It's probably like a three feet high or something. Um, but like Jordan comes out and sprints and leaps over it like an athlete. And then Tate does it. Tate's got great ups. Well, yeah, he's Cuphead uh, T- he's T- does it too. And then McKenzie walks over and like, like he's a wrestler walking into the ring. you like, holds it down. and like, it's, it's all like, It just cracks me up. Cause it's like, I'm, I'd be with you McKin- McKenzie, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you can just see Jordan the way he, how spry he is. I mean, he's just, Oh he's, man, he's, he's feeling, feeling good. good.
0: Um, well, I watched him. And again, one of the benefits in a game like this from just sitting down there on the wall and kind of really more than anything else, I didn't, I didn't need to see the plays. I needed to see the players and the coaches and, uh, my favorite thing was just watching how much fun they were having. And this is a consistent deal now. They've been having fun. They've had fun in intense moments too, like that Syracuse game. I mean, when you watch those guys, I remember when Iowa played Georgia Tech in the Orange Bowl. I've used this story a lot. Um, think about that matchup, by the way. That was some time ago. But yeah. um, Iowa played Georgia Tech in the uh, in the Orange Bowl, and I remember – that, you know, Iowa has consistently played good defense for a very long time now. But one of the things that stood out to me at that time was just because Florida State was not a group that was consistently playing well or playing together, was that a kid for Iowa made a tackle. And the next thing you knew, 10 other players were there slapping him on the helmet over and over again, slapping him on the ass. Next play, guy breaks up a pass. You know, the corner would get up and then it was almost like a swarm. You'd see seven, eight, nine players. Next thing you know, they're all there congratulating him on his success for that play. And I thought at the time that I was watching that, I said, man, they have fun playing together. These guys like each other. These, these dudes are like willing to lay it on the line and defense is an awful lot about that, man. A lot of sacrifice to play good defense. Cause I got to take on a lead blocker or I've got to, I've got to, you know, whatever my assignment is, I may think I can make a play here, but I've got I've been coached to you know stay in line with my whatever my cue is whatever my key is. And this other guy's got to come up and make a play. I gotta trust that he's gonna do that. And that breeds in and of itself sort of this mentality of togetherness. And this group hasn't had it in for forever. They haven't well, had it in a long about, time. And now it looks like they're getting it.
1: Think back to uh Dontavius Jackson and uh Levante Taylor fighting for a fumble.
0: Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> like literally, because they could see each other. And it was like, no, it's my fumble.
0: Yeah. Goes, I no, want this
1: fumble. fumble. It's my <laughs> turn. <laughs> it's just, and you see other teams, and you know, and Corey's made this analogy a couple times recently, and I think it's appropriate. Um, you know, the situation where Fabian Lovett told Odell Higgins to, you know, let Malcolm Ray take this start. You know, and yeah. after um, Dennis Briggs had gotten injured and Malcolm Ray was playing real well at practice and they knew they were going to have to count on him, Fabian's like, why don't you let him start in this game? And and Corey was like, you know, that's kind of the things you'd see in FSU basketball. I remember when like, uh, you know, Fee Cab and would let you know, or, or you know, one of the other guys start. Or I remember, um, uh, Mo- I think it was Ojo and Chris Kumaje or something. There's been a few situations like that where guys have let somebody else start because they knew it would be better for them and their psyche. Um, and, and nobody's got a better culture than Florida State men's basketball. I mean, it's 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 what they are. And and you're starting to see some sides of that to you know, that thing with Fabian Lovett, Malcolm Ray, the thing with McKenzie and, and the young quarterbacks, uh, the way, you know, just that room, you know, the interview yesterday, I, I included it in my column, Kenny Dillingham tweeted that picture of Chuba and Jordan Travis in the press yeah. conference. Man, they they just they're happy. They they really like each other. And uh, you know, now again, the 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 real litmus test to me is, you know, how are they when things are going bad? And it could, like you said, man, there's we can figure out scenarios for that Clemson game where it goes south pretty quickly. If one or two things happen, now how are those guys handling that? that that's the real key.
0: I do think Ira that, and I haven't lost sight of the fact that this is not a great team. I mean, and, and I, it's, it's a fine balance that we're walking between celebrating three straight wins, feeling good, having found an identity. People that are pivotal to your success, playing well, playing healthy, you know, being healthy, I should say. And also knowing that these are different animals that you're about to play. If, if all of the teams that remain on the schedule compete at peak efficiency, they won't, Iroh, we know that. They won't. Somebody's going to be laying down by the time we play them. Somebody's going to be indifferent. But somebody may be very well inspired. And if we're just going to talk about talent for talent, Florida State is still in a hole here. And so I'm trying to be optimistic and point to these successes and the growth within the program while also noting that there may be some losses on the horizon to test all that, uh-huh. like you're pointing to. And I lean towards right now from what I've seen, the people I talk to and certainly just watching the games, I lean towards right now, this culture being flipped. I believe they have done a, in, by and large, I think they have flipped the culture. Now they got to get better. They got to get better players in here and they got to start winning at a you know a Florida State rate but they've got i think they've they've been able to get a foothold on um on a locker room that uh for a long time was either in disarray or was downright toxic or fractured i don't think that's the case anymore i think they would handle losses now we may have to find out i hope not but i think they would handle losses and and just get back up and fight and try to get better
1: you know the a couple of people have asked about bowl possibilities if they get to 5 or 6 wins obviously if they get to 6 they could uh, the deal with five, if, if you get to five and if, you're, if you've are if you got a really good APR, um, basically they'll give first choice. If there's not enough six-team wins to fill all the bowls, then they'll look for five-team wins. And if your APR is good, they'll go in order of your APR. So if your APR is good, that'll help you. There's probably other teams with five wins that might have better APRs, and that's the academic progress rate. But then the question is who wants to go to a bowl game? You know, do you, do you want to spend the money? Because any of the bowl games you're going to get as a five win team, you're going to be losing money because you're right. going to, have to guarantee right. ticket sales that, and people aren't going to go. But I think Florida state's kind of in that spot where they might be interested more than other teams, especially if Mike Norvell is now, I don't know that, you know, the David Coburn and the administration's like fired, <laughs> fired up about the idea of spending Let's go money, spend money, but given the current situation, but if, 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 If they got to five wins and it was on the table and Mike Norvell said, look, you know, Mr. Coburn, we have to, I guess he calls him David, David, we have to go. We need those 15 practices, man. It would be everything for this team. They want to play in a bowl game. Then I think you do it. Um, But, you know, again, a lot of things have to line up, but, you know, they could get to six wins and not have to worry about it and then figure out where they're going.
0: Well that would be ideal yeah the, there's a lot of things that would play into whether or not you want to go to play in a bowl um are you healthy? you know i mean how how beat up are you at the end of the year um but but well, the you, nice thing is
1: you know those young offensive linemen already mm-hmm. missed some time you know um i it really it just like you said I mean it's just gonna depend on how you're playing at that point in time like if you're if you're playing your best football at that point and maybe you play well against Florida, but you come up short and you know, maybe some of these young guys that haven't gotten to play much, but you really are excited about them contributing in 2023. Then maybe it makes sense. Um,
0: they, um, uh, they're there at the very least they're, they're at a different place than they were three weeks ago. It's just, it's actually remarkable. I, 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 Corey was saying on the, uh are happy, happy hour. hour on Friday uh, at corner pocket, a lot of fun. Thanks to everybody who came out, by the way, we had a good crowd come out there and uh, it was a lot of fun, nice. but uh It was uh, interesting. He was saying, you know, look, I legitimately thought after they lost to Jacksonville State, I'd be covering a one and 11 team is what he said. And I didn't necessarily think that, but I did think that I might be covering a two or three win team. Certainly Uh, it didn't, it didn't feel good. It certainly, it was, it was on the table as a possibility. And, And then my thought immediately went to, what could you salvage? What would you salvage of this class? What would be even possible to dream for Florida State football uh, going into the next year if this group had gone one in 10, uh, one in 11, excuse me? You know, what if, what if that had happened? And now here we are talking about eh, maybe they go on the road and beat Clemson and win their fourth game in a row. It, it it bears repeating. I know we did it earlier, but it does. It bears repeating and, and maybe they don't go win that game, but the conversation is refreshing because it's not absurd. It's not some sort of pie in the sky discussion. Um, well, you know, it's like, you know, if, if Detroit Lions fans today are sitting there thinking now at zero and seven that, well, maybe we'll turn it around and get back to 500. That'd be crazy, right? That'd be crazy. But this is not a crazy conversation.
1: <laughs> the, um, yeah, you know, I, I, and to the point, you know, somebody made earlier about, you know, you, you know, this, the, and you, you made the point as well, and it's it's valid that the competition is going to get better, and you're going to face some yeah. teams here, but that's what we knew going into the season that those were probably going to be all losses, except maybe NC State at home. I think some people thought, or maybe BC on the road, but but you have seen that those teams are fallible,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: very fall, fallible. They've got warts, uh, and you've seen that this team has come together. So at least. That margin has come a lot closer. Now you could, you know, in in all of those games, other than other than BC on the road, they may be an underdog in every game. Um, probably will be that BC. They may not be because BC seems like they're circling the drain right now. Would um, they lose t- twenty eight to fourteen
0: to Louisville? They, I mean, they just can't.
1: Score, they can't score points. Yeah, um, their
0: quarterback got injured early in the year, and that's really derailed them. And and they're also not nearly as good on defense as I think people thought they were right. early in the year because they beat up on some bad teams. Um, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll see so, when we get to that game, but
1: so that's the game that they're probably most likely to win. If you, if you were just putting on a, you know, game by game. Yeah. And the, the other games are, they're going to be the underdog in, in all of them. Um I mean, especially if Miami keeps doing, you know, if Miami, if Miami plays well against Pitt, if they play well again, the next couple weeks, then yeah, Florida State's probably gonna be underdogs in all those games, so it wouldn't be a shock to see them lose them all. Uh, but man, compared to where we were, it's just—I mean, it would have been a death march if if they oh. looked like they did against you know Wake Forest and Jacksonville State and and even the first half against Louisville. I mean, it just it gives you chill bumps even thinking about how bad they were.
0: So you said, I didn't even bother. Normally I do for the purposes of the college sports book show that I do, and I'll be doing interviews tomorrow. I know we're going to be previewing Georgia, Florida. I know we're going to be previewing um, Michigan, Michigan state, a game. We have a meeting tomorrow morning where I get told which games I have to preview and and have on those people who cover those teams. It's a lot of fun. If you haven't already like and subscribed to college sports book, good times. Um, but one of the games they're debating whether or not we, we're going to cover is is this one, is Florida State-Clemson. So you may be coming on the college sports book, my brother. Uh, right. But right. but but what I would tell you, um, and, and I guess just going through these games and looking at all these numbers, and I, I hadn't bothered to check our game yet. You said it was 10? Yeah, it's 10,
1: and Clemson's favored by 10. And I think, um, I think the total is like 47, 47 and a half, something like that. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, you were saying you'd bet the under right now. You'd be inclined to. I would be inclined to. Um, Yeah, yeah.
1: But, uh, yeah, I mean, so, you know, look, I mean, again, 10 seems a little bit high the way Clemson's been playing. But, shoot, man, if these last three weeks hadn't happened, it might have been Clemson by
0: 25. um, If you had asked me before the season what I thought the spread would be for that game, it would be Clemson by four touchdowns yeah. minimum, maybe three touchdowns. I, I want one thing I will tell you is, uh, I am very curious because they've done a good job of finding what these guys can do and putting them in positions to succeed. We talk about, that's what coaching is, but they're going to put on that tape and they know damn well that they are not going to line up and just run the ball on Clemson the way that they want to, they'll have some success and you can't steer too far away from what you've become. I mean, this is who we are and you got to play it that way. Um, I am curious to see what they come up with. I mean, what they do to try to offset some of the one-on-one matchups that they can't win. Now, Atkins does a great job of creating angles in the run game. And I love going back and re-watching our games because Ira, to be truthful, every week it's something different. When he identifies a matchup where he recognizes that one of his guys can't win, he, you know, he, he's a realist. He's looking at that and he's like, this is not a matchup we can win. Right. So well, when he does that, yeah he creates a game plan centered around angles and, and, you know, use of other personnel to give them a fighting chance. Sometimes, I mean, you, you don't have anything to reach back to, but it will be interesting to see what they decide to do because they can't steer too far away from running the ball. It's just what they are.
1: Right. And I, you know, I think two things, one is a point, and it's really the story of this week, probably for Florida state's offensive standpoint. Um, Two things I would say is one, as you just said, nobody knows that that issue and that deficiency better mm-hmm. than these coaches. You know, Alex Atkins, Mike Norvell, Kenny. Dillon, we saw it with their game plan against Syracuse, where they ran a thousand bubble screens. You know, they 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 didn't. They're not butting their head up against the wall if they don't think they can block it up. So, a I think that means that they're going to do some things to. I don't think they're going to be able to sustain long drives against Clemson, yeah. but it wouldn't shock me if they if they can scheme up some big plays. Um, and now the key is, can Jordan hit that pass? Yeah, he has to. Has to. He yeah, he doesn't have to go 16 out of 24. Or having Kenny Pickett numbers. He's not going to. But can he hit those three or four big plays? He missed one Saturday. Um, I think it was, was it McLean? I think he mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. Uh, going deep and he overthrew him a little bit. Yeah, he's got him there. That Those are the plays. He, he's got to hit those plays. And if he does, then, you know, that gives him a chance. Because you're right. I mean, yeah, the for floor, floor say. You know this what they've been doing these last you know three games where they're putting they're scoring on so many drives. You know Saturday they scored on eight out of ten drives. Right. Over the last three games they've been scoring like sixty-two percent of their drives. Um, that's not going to happen. But you've got to hit the big plays.
0: So they did and have done since game one against Notre Dame a remarkable job of scheming up a big play opportunity. There's been one in every game, every game. Um, and sometimes he hits them, and sometimes he doesn't. Obviously, he did against Notre Dame, and it was a sixty-yard touchdown. Um, and then you go back the, and, he did against and he,
1: um, last week. Um, he, against, oh, he uh, did against
0: North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina. Yeah, two of them, and, and he hits, and those are two beautiful balls. There have been a couple where he didn't hit them. I mean, they schemed up a one-on-one and inside leverage from the slot, where it's a wide-open touchdown in the end zone against Louisville, and he did. He missed him by twenty yards. I mean, he doesn't even it's a throw that you just can't, I mean, it's a terrible throw. There's no way around it. But so the point is, you only get so many chances on those shot plays. You may get two or three in this game. And if they do a good job of dialing those up, you got to hit on those because that's, that's where you're going to get your point from uh, your points from. You're not going to, as you noted, they're not going to line up and run the ball down Clemson's throat. If if you look at Clemson's interior, they're going to dominate and Dylan Gibbons getting hurt bothers me a lot. Now, do we know somebody asked about it? I know he's not going to come out and tell us immediately, um, but do we know if, is he all right? Or is, is he at a place? Do you think where maybe he plays this Saturday?
1: Yeah, we don't know. I mean, he the way he went down, but I think he, I think he played a little bit more after he went down. I think he might have stayed in that series, um, but then he went out, went to injury tent, then went to the locker room. What concerned me is that he never came back to the field. A lot of times, guys like Devontae Love Taylor, two weeks ago against North Carolina, when he got hurt, he came to the sideline. He was, I think, he even had a crutch or crutches, but he came to the sideline to watch the end of the game. A lot of times, guys, when they do get told to hit the showers, they'll come watch the end of the game. Dylan didn't do that. Now I don't know if that means it's worse. Then it's not. I uh, you know we don't know. Um, to me, that's not a great sign. Um, but if Dylan Gibbons can't go, I mean, I still think they're okay as long as they don't have any other problems. Because Baby on Johnson's played pretty well since he's. Well, I've well. been really impressed with Baby on. Right? This is uh, I never thought By I'd far. say, but
0: yeah, he's played really By well. Far
1: the best he's played. And and on that note, you know, I'll finish that thought. But when the you brought up the point earlier about the lack of procedure penalties and. So a lot of that is getting Maurice Smith back at center yep, and, and getting Dante Lucas off the field. And I'm not trying to pile on that kid, but he was good for two or three penalties a game. Baby on at center was a problem. Um, so I think that's been a big, a big benefit, but I, but I do think baby on a guard and Devante love Taylor, I think probably could have played yesterday if they need him to. I think they wanted to get him an extra week's rest. So now you've got Devontae love Taylor and baby on at the guard. You're okay. Dylan's played better than either one of them, but I think you're okay, but you know, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll find out this week if Dylan's even able, pr- able to practice. If he's not, though, still think you're okay at guard as long as you don't lose anybody else.
0: Yeah, you can't really lose anybody else. And you're right, man. Getting the big three back, as I call them, you know, you you, you see it. You know, you talk about tackle, center, tackle. Right. Those guys have been really good when they well, when healthy, they're good, and they're they're a, an appreciable upgrade.
1: And I mean, again, think about where we were two years ago or a year, you
0: know,
1: last year, two years, three years ago. I mean. The, they're like competent offensive yeah. tackles. And yeah. Maurice Smith's a, a, a plus center.
0: Yeah, um, he is a plus center. He's a good player. Yeah, Williams and Smith. And, you know, obviously, I, for me, I, yeah, sure, right. Baby on's kind of been the surprise of the year. He's been a Swiss Army knife right. for him. They've moved him all around. And when he's come in, he's played well. So I'm not saying Baby an elite player in this league. He's not. Uh, but he's more than serviceable. It's not a massive drop off uh, if he has to come in and play for Dylan Gibbons. Uh, and then, like you said, with DLT, uh, I've been sad for DLT. He clearly mm-hmm. is not the player he was. Right, right.
1: But you're, yeah, you, I, know, you give yeah. him credit for gutting it out. But yeah, sure. he's, he's yeah. definitely limited. Baby um, on is interesting, I man. I definitely want to do a story on Baby on probably closer towards senior day. But mm-hmm. so, you know, at the end of last season, when him and Emmett Rice decided to come back, I mean, they're the last two Jimbo recruits. I mean, they signed here a long time ago. They're six-year guys. Um, And, you know, both of them were seniors last year, but they got the extra year, decided to come back. And so I wanted to do a story on both of them. Emmett did the story. I did the story on him in the spring before he got hurt. Um, And it was kind of about that, you know, this idea of staying here through three coaching staffs. Um, You know, they could have transferred anywhere. Um, Not anywhere. It's not like they would have been high – Profile transfers, but they could. Have Emma wasn't calling, yeah. No, but they could have transferred somewhere, and they both wanted to stay. They believed in what Norvell's doing. Emmett talked. Maybe on didn't want to talk, um, which is fine. But it made me wonder: like, does he really want to be here? Is he going to try to transfer? And then the spring, I don't know if you remember, he was like rehabbing. He wasn't. He put on a mm-hmm. ton of weight.
0: Yes, he did.
1: I mean, if you had asked us at that point, we're thinking, man, he doesn't. He may not play another snap here, and he's been huge for, for them.
0: Huge. I always liked him too. Yeah. I whenever I talk to the kid, he's always seemed to be so upbeat um, and, and really nice kid, and always just seemed to be bought in and love Florida State. You know, um, I, I don't know. I always liked him. I wanted wanted him to do well, so it's good to see him have some success. Uh, albeit in year twenty two, uh, he has he has had some success, <laughs> and that's good. Better late than never, especially because yeah. we need him now. Uh, by the way, speaking of which, I saw Emmett Rice on the sidelines uh, during this yes. game. He was street clothes, looked good, looked healthy, looked like he was uh, moving around, no problems.
1: I'll give him and Leonard Warner a ton of credit, man. Those two guys, both of them got hurt in the spring. Um, both of them are, you know, here for their last year, and um, there's no guarantee either one of them is going to get to play. I mean, they're they're rehabbing injuries just to try to get on the field at some point in the second half of the season. Leonard Warner is actually practicing now. He's getting closer. He's probably, I would, I would guess in the next couple of weeks, Leonard Warner may get into a game at defensive end nice. uh, just, to, just to give them some depth. Um, Emmett Rice. I mean, it's probably going to be a couple more. He's a little bit, I think he's a little bit further behind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But man, that guy works every single day. It's crazy a practice to just see him working and working, trying to get back on the field for a few more, you know, it's, it's just cool, man. Like, you, you're you not guaranteed – he's not guaranteed he's going to get to play. He's not guaranteed it's going to go well if he does get out there. And so but, – but to keep working just for that possible chance, it's just – it's pretty admirable, I think, you know, especially a guy in his last year.
0: It's very admirable. And also a lot of times uh, if you're hurt and you're just rehabbing and you're not out on the field, you're persona non grata. People aren't around you. You don't feel part of a team. You don't feel like you're contributing in any way. You don't feel like you have anything to say that people want to hear. Uh, any of that stuff because it's awfully hard to be hurt and um, to see them not only engaged is yeah it's a, you doff the cap you, you you that's why you want to see them get on the field that's right. why like it's it's cool that they've been good leaders and set a good example and it's cool that they're rah rah on the sidelines on game day but for them I want to see them get a chance before this season ends to have an impact in the game. Because all that work would pay off in that one moment. I don't care if it's one game. If you get back out there and you have four or five tackles and you feel like you're part of it, then it all paid off. And uh, I, I want to see that for for them because, uh, yeah, like you point out, they've been they've been a positive influence despite all this. So, Some, I mean, a, a couple
1: people asked earlier about Mackenzie um, Milton possibly going to coaching and maybe being a GA at Florida State. Mm-hmm. He definitely wants to go into coaching. Um, I think he'll be kind of a hot commodity as a GA. Honestly, I think. Yeah. Um, he's got connections. He obviously played for Hypo. He played, uh, for Frost, Frost yeah. played for these guys. And so, and he's probably got other connections, other teams that played against him and got to interact with him. So I think he's going to be a hot commodity as a GA. Um, if Florida State can make it happen, I, I I'm sure they'd love to, cause he's obviously connected well with these players. Um, but he'll be a GA somewhere. I'm sure at the college level next year. Uh, we'll see where, whether or not it's Florida State.
0: Well, there's no question that he loves football, and it has to start there because the life of a GA, and then later on the early years in coaching, it ain't easy, because uh, you're working your you're working your ass off for not much. Well, that's uh, why
1: you got to do it when you're that age.
0: Yeah, that age. Yeah, absolutely. And then and then you've got to be willing to put in 17, 18, 19 hour days uh, for very little with the payoff being down the line many years, maybe he's a head coach who knows, but yeah, it has to be that. And uh, ultimately, if you do make it up through the ranks, you do get paid a ton of money, but man, a lot of people do this and they, and they don't um, make it up the ranks. He's smart enough. He's a quarterback. He's he obviously understands the game. It could be really interesting to watch um, what happens with him in his career. I wonder if he would go out to Nebraska, if Scott Frost called and said, cause it, that those two really had the success. I mean, that yeah. was uh, rather remarkable to watch and, yeah, I would think I, I would think if you were a Milton, you might be more willing to go out to Nebraska if you if you were asked because you wouldn't have to deal with Adrian uh Martinez anymore. I mean, surely that kid is gonna be gone after this year, right? He's in year thirty seven at Nebraska.
1: Mackenzie gets the call and he's like, wait a minute, does the Martinez kid still have that kid still there? Do does I gotta be- deal with that sorry ass? I'm
0: um, not doing it.
1: The uh yeah, no, I think that would be a uh that would be an interesting uh dilemma and um yeah, you know, I, I think again, man. When you look at, uh, you know, just kind of what they've there, there's some interesting pieces of this team. Mackenzie's a big part of it. Jermaine Johnson's a big part of it. My God. Um, and you know, it's like I was thinking about this the other day. Like Jermaine Johnson's going to be in the, in the NFL next year. If at some point he's a starter in the in, in the in the NFL, a Monday Night Football, or whatever. You know, he, he say Florida does, State. Does he say Florida State. I mean, I I assume he would. I mean. I, And if that's true, that's pretty cool. I mean, the kid played two years at Georgia, um, you know, and I I do think there's something to it. I mean, we can talk about, you know, sometimes we can get jaded and wonder whether or not players really, you know, they say the right things or whatever. But I do feel like when he and Keir Thomas, and and you saw it on the sideline, like you said, you were right behind the bench. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There does seem to be a genuine closeness to this team.
0: Do you know how happy, I mean – It's probably because he dropped the other one, but also because Florida State just doesn't ever do this. I mean, how happy they were for Brownlee after that pick six. By the way, Brownlee's dance was awesome. It was pretty good. I I want more of that dance. Was he close to getting flagged? I I hope hope not because it was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And I would encourage him to do it again. It was a really good dance. I don't know. Normally I'm like, eh, eh, that doesn't do it for me. That was good. I was like, yes. And you knew he was thinking about it when he was running because when he got there, he launched
1: into it. He didn't wait a second. No, that was that was. Probably the cool, like most surprising thing to me was there was, there was not even a hesitation. No.
0: He crossed the line, <laughs> turned. It was like it was like here we go. My uh, man was ready to roll, uh, and they were cracking up. They were cracking up, and even when he got to the sideline, I could hear the players and like every member of that team just about came up to congratulate him. And at least four or five guys were giving him love for the dance. They're like, hey, you, he's had that on standby. He was ready to roll with that one, and he blew it. He was probably thinking about the dance when he dropped the other one. <laughs>
1: I'll tell you what, man he he and Jarian Jones both. I don't know that they're the best corners in the country. They're not, but you know, I, I don't know how good they are. They haven't been tested. You know, these last three or four weeks, the pass defense has been very good, the best it's been in a long time. But they haven't been tested. Sam Howell is the only guy to test them, and he throws all that stuff over the middle, so he <laughs> corners didn't really get tested. But Jarvis Brownlee and Jarian Jones do have the mental makeup you want in corners. Like those two guys, they can get beat, they can make a mistake, but they are uh, uh, very confident in themselves. You know, very much. um, I think that you know they've got that short memory. Oh yeah, gotta let it go, and that's that's good. I mean, again, you'd love corners that don't ever get beat, but most corners will. They don't. They don't exist
0: unless their name is Jalen Ramsey, right? Who had another pick today? Um, He really? Yeah, and it was sensational. He's just freak yeah he's just uh there'd be no living with that guy because he's really good and he will tell you about that but uh there's no but you want him I mean you want him on your team that is for sure there's just no getting around it he's he's unbelievable I um I think they are playing with more confidence I still am scared to death about our linebackers in this game coming up uh I just everybody isolates them Everybody gets them one on one and puts them in a terrible situation, but uh, I, you know, what what, what can you do? They, 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 they even those guys have gotten a little better. They're not great, but they're they're always going to get victimized in in coverage um, I, until we get better players. Until we get better players, so they're just weaknesses that I worry about going into this game. But again, if you can get home, if you can get pressure, uh, they have not blocked it up. They had another injury. Clemson, by the way, had another injury. If you watch that game, and I did, I had a guy get carted off on the offensive line, Ira. Um, and that's an offensive line that has been beat up and beat like a drum much of this year, and I think based on that kid's face and what I saw, I felt bad for him. I'm not celebrating this at all, but he looked devastated. He looked like a kid who knew his season was over, and uh, I didn't follow up on it today. I was going to do all my prep in the morning. I uh,
1: I I think he said in the teleconference, that that it's season ending. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it
0: it looked that way. It did look that way. I felt bad for that kid. I mean, but the bottom line is injuries are part of the game and they're going to be without another guy. And Florida State's defensive line is good. It's the area that you are going to rely on to try to get a win.
1: The one thing I would say about Clemson, and I would say this about Clemson, I'd also say it
0: uh, uh, more
1: Clemson. I was going to say to some degree about Miami, but definitely Clemson. Clemson's recruited so in, in Alabama. Like they've recruited so well that they should be able to sustain some injuries. Like, I don't have as much, like, compassion for Clemson where I wouldn't for Alabama because they've recruited at such a ridiculously high – like, think about Florida State in the 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, if a guy went down or a couple guys went down, no it wasn't idea, yeah. it didn't ruin the season.
0: Clemson's so, offensive line troubles, though, Ira, they haven't recruited exceptionally well on the offensive right. line. And they also have kind of a weird policy at Clemson where, you know, I mean, those guys aren't going in- – you know, looking for dudes in the portal. They're not, you know, it's an interesting, I hope it comes back to haunt them. I mean, I really do. I mean, you look at, you look at the kids that they've brought in, they've got talent for days, especially on that defense. They've had talent for days at wide receiver. And obviously we know they've just changed out one quarterback for the next and they've all been brilliant just about. Um, but Right now, they're struggling a little bit at that position. The interior of the offensive line is a mess. They don't have. A, they were starting. I don't, they were starting a true freshman. So clearly, I mean, on the interior. So clearly, they didn't. I don't know. They, they got caught in a weird position here, and it's come back to bite them. Which nobody's falling asleep or feeling sad for for Clemson. I mean, screw them. Um, and, and it'd be great if uh, if that continues to be the problem. I just glanced up, man. This casual conversation. It's over. It's eight mm-hmm. o'clock, and we uh, that Move was by. fun. Yeah, it happens quick. See what happens when you win games? Yeah. Just everybody's not... relaxing. You know what we forgot to do, Ira, and it's too late. We'll have to do it next time. But we'll really have to do it next time. Um We started a tradition with the shots.
1: Oh, the tequila shots.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. And maybe we can switch it up. I know you're not loving tequila, but you do have mm. a whole bottle there that's just sitting there.
1: <laughs> Tom, Tom <laughs> does want to auction it off, so we'll see. We, we actually <laughs> auction off my... uh 90 for 95% of a bottle of Don Julio. Is it just sitting there? Uh, it's not. Yeah. I actually put it up in the uh, cabinet. So make sure one of my kids didn't get any crazy ideas come in and they're just passed <laughs> out <laughs> with a half drinking bottle. T- yeah. So one quick story before we go. Okay. So when I was in high school, I w- was going over to some friend's house and everybody was going to try to, everybody's going to try to figure out a way to get some liquor or beer. And we were all mm-hmm. like 15, 16 and we didn't have anybody that could buy it for us. So a friend of mine's like, well, why don't you, you know, see if your dad had something. So I go up and I find, I find a bottle of scotch in my dad's, uh, whatever he had it like above the fridge liquor cabinet. Yeah, It yeah, wasn't yeah. even a liquor cabinet. It was just like, you know, thing. And so I didn't want to take the bottle and it'd be missing. So I poured the bottle. I took a, a shampoo bottle and I rinsed out the shampoo bottle, clean, clean, cleaned it all out and washed all the soap out and then poured it into that bottle. And then put the and then filled his bottle back with water and put it up on the thing with the idea that at some point I'll figure out a way to replace that bottle. And my dad wasn't a big drinker anyway. I think he got it as a gift. And then, um, anyway, uh, time goes by. I never replace it. At some point, he goes to drink out of it and finds out it's water. (laughs) And he comes to me to bitch him out my brother, who's six years older than me. And do you believe what Danny did? And he just starts. And uh, yes, yeah, so he blamed on him. And I was just like, oh, man, that's crazy. Oh, uh, you didn't yeah, step up. Nope, you didn't nope, step up at all. Nope, never said a word. And I don't think he ever brought it up the Danny. So I was good. I was good. At Maybe the
0: risk works. of alienating my brother, I have a story for you on the next Sunday smash. All right. That has you. something to do with my brother. And it was a startling find by my stepdad who didn't realize what he had. And me sitting there terrified, knowing exactly what he was holding that he would found in my brother's car, and, and asking me about what I knew. And so anyhow, it was uh, it's a story <laughs> that I'm still stunned by it, and uh, it, it made me smile to this day. But yeah, we've all we've all had the stories of brothers and yeah, kind of devious uh, hiding stuff. Yeah, all who, that who good gets, stuff.
1: Who gets the blame?
0: All right, Matthew filled in for T. Lizzie, who turns 35 tomorrow. Uh, as he was uh, no doubt celebrating the Bucks' big win today and his pending birthday with some um, libations wherever he is. Probably. Is he be,
1: happy birthday, Tom! Is he going to be on the show tomorrow?
0: Yeah, 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 um, yeah. That. We don't get to just take the day off, Tom. You got to show up and be a man. And, and I'm sure he's probably going to be a little bit uh, for a little beat down looking. Uh, so tune in to Warchant TV at one o'clock tomorrow to see his face. I'm sure it'll be a little puffy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank, thanks, Matthew.
0: Yeah. Uh, for Irish. Oh, thanks to all of you guys, by the way. Thanks for watching. Thanks for the questions. Be well, go Noles. Good to do these things after the wins, right? Just keeps on keeping on. That's three straight. Let's hope it's four. Uh, we'll talk to you. Wake up war chant tomorrow morning. Jeff Cameron show tomorrow afternoon at one o'clock. Uh, obviously go to the site stories up all week long as we prep prep for Clemson should be a lot of fun. So all the content in the world, everything you could possibly want on Warchant.com. Be good. Ira. I'll talk to you tomorrow, buddy. See all you, right. Thanks, man. Peace everybody.